Uh, I'd like to show you a simple diagram that uh, should be familiar to some people if you've been about Windsor for any kind of length of time. Does somebody want to tell me the three words that need to be added to this triangle? Go ahead, shout it out there. Up, in, out. See, here's how to live. Up in relation to God, because we are to love God with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind. In, we are to love one another in the church. We are brothers and sisters in Christ. We're in the family of God. And so all those one another's that the New Testament talks about, we are to relate in those ways. So we're to comfort one another and forgive one another and encourage one another and be patient with one another and all of that. And then out, we are to love those beyond the walls of this church. We are to love our neighbors up, in, out. And if, if you're going to grow as a Christian, if you're going to endure, if you're going to keep going and keep growing, then you need to be paying attention to, you need to be looking after, you need to be nurturing, you need to be pursuing relationships in all three directions. So let me ask you a question. How's your relationship with God this morning? As you have worshipped, has that kind of come from the heart? How is your relationship with the Father? And then how is your relationship with each other this morning? I mean, as you look around, how's your relationship with each other? And then how's your relationship with those beyond these walls? Today is the uh, last Sunday of 2019, and this is the kind of last service of the year. And so what I want to do is I want to combine what we have been thinking about recently as a church on Sunday mornings and Sunday evenings, and I want to connect what we've been looking at in the mornings and in the evenings with this triangle. And I'm going to give you three potential New Year's resolutions for 2020, all right? And on Sunday mornings uh, during December, during Advent, we've been doing a series called Anticipate, which has all been about anticipating Christmas, anticipating and expecting the first Advent, the first coming of Jesus. But we've also been emphasizing the fact that Jesus is coming again. There is going to be a second Advent, and we need to anticipate that future certainty. And be ready for it. And so we've been thinking about that during December. And then on Sunday evenings for quite some time, we've been reading our way through the New Testament book of Hebrews in a series called Elevated Jesus, which is all about elevating Jesus, considering Jesus who, as we've been saying all along, is way better, is greater than anything and everything. And so we've been encouraging one another to fix our eyes. And this is something the writer of Hebrews says towards the end of the book. Fix your eyes on Jesus, who's the author and the perfecter of our faith. And so as we anticipate a second advent, as we anticipate a new year, as we anticipate a new decade, as we anticipate moving in to a new home in 2020 
I want to read some verses from this Elevated Jesus series from Hebrews and then give us three tangible things that we can do, that we can commit to as we move forward. And each one of these resolutions connects to a different point on our triangle. So if you've got a Bible, please turn with me to Hebrews chapter 10. And we're going to read from verses 19 through to 25. And as we always do, let's stand for the public reading of God's always timely word. Let's stand together. So Hebrews 10. We haven't got here in our journey through Hebrews, by the way, on Sunday evenings, but we're jumping forward. Hebrews 10, starting at verse 19. Therefore, brothers and sisters, Since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and a living way, opened for us through the curtain that is his body. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience And having our bodies washed with pure water, let us hold unswervingly to the hope that we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on to love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Grab a seat. I want to I take you to the kind of very last part of that last sentence. And in a sense, I want to start where we finish that reading. Because here is another very explicit reference to the second advent. The second coming of Jesus. And so whenever you come across the day in Scripture with a capital D, which it is here in Hebrews 10, Whenever you come across the day with a capital D in Scripture, it refers to that specific day in the future. Nobody knows when, but any day is possible. It's imminent whenever Jesus will return to this earth, to this planet, to sort everything out, to put everything right, and to judge those who are still alive, plus judge those who have died so far. And as we anticipate that day, and as that day approaches... And it still does. We should be doing certain things. According to those verses. We should be doing three things. Three times in what we just read, we come across the phrase, let us. And then we discover what we are meant to be doing. And so here are your three potential New Year's resolutions for 2020. And as I say, each of them fits with a different part of our up in and out triangle. So here they are. Let us draw near to God. Secondly, let us hold unswervingly or let us hold tight to the hope that we profess. And then thirdly, let us consider how we might spur one another on or stir one another up. And then he goes on to say what that's all about. So three things, and they are up, out, and in, in terms of the order they come in this text. I want to give you three words based on this for you to take away this morning to think about as you step into a new year. Gravitate, communicate, motivate. Gravitate, communicate, 
motivate. And so I want to take each of these in turn this morning. Okay, so first of all, draw near to God. Let me encourage us as a church, let me encourage you as an individual to gravitate closer to God in 2020. Which when you think about it, is an amazing possibility that we can actually draw close to Almighty God. Now, the only reason that we can do that is because of Jesus. And because what he, what he has done for us, as we've just remembered around this table yet again. So look at the verses that run up to this first let us. Verse 19 says, Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have a confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way that's been opened up for us through the curtain, that is his body, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God. You see, it used to be, and those who have been following the evening series in Hebrews will know this, but it used to be that only one person could draw really really close to God. And they could only do that once a year. Once a year, the high priest could enter what was called the most holy place. And he entered that most holy place through a huge curtain in the temple. And he was the people's mediator. He was the people's go-between. He was the only one who was able to enter into the immediate and intimate presence of God on behalf of all the people. He was their go-between. He brought the people to God. He brought God to the people. And the high priest could only go in there once a year, and he could only go in there carrying blood. And the reason he had to carry blood was because without the shedding of blood, there was no forgiveness. He had to bring a sacrifice, the blood of a sacrifice with him. He's the only person who could draw close to God, really close. But because of Jesus, who died for us, who shed his blood as a once and for all sacrifice for our sins, and because he is now our great high priest, he's our mediator, he's our go-between, he's the one that brings us to God and brings God to us. And because whenever he died on that cross and the curtain in the temple was ripped from top to bottom, we can now, every single one of us sitting here this morning, because of Jesus, can now enter right into the immediate and intimate presence of God. Not just once a year, but day in and day out. So because of Jesus, we live in the presence of God 24-7, which is an incredible privilege. And so because of Jesus, the writer of Hebrews says, let us draw near. Let us nurture that up relationship we have with God because of Jesus always remembering that it's not because we deserve it. It's not because we've done anything to warrant it or earn it. We can only draw close to God because of what we've thought about around this table. So in 2020, as kind of part of this, can I encourage you as you draw, as you gravitate closer to God, that as you gather round this table on a weekly basis for some of you, that you keep saying, Jesus, thank you. 
thank you that it's because of your broken body and your shed blood that I can be in relationship with Almighty God. Draw near to God, Windsor Baptist. And you know what James tells us? When we draw near to God, God draws near to us. Gravitate closer in 2020. Secondly, let us hold, there's the, the up part, let us hold unswervingly to the hope that we profess. Now, there's two dimensions to this. I really want to major in the second dimension to this. But there's two dimensions to this idea. The first dimension is we are to persevere. We are to hold tight. Hold unswervingly. And then we are to witness. We are to profess. One of the, uh, one of the original aims of this letter was to encourage Christians to keep going. The writer first wrote this letter because he was really concerned that there were a group of Christians who were threatening to pack it all in. They were threatening to pack it all in for a whole kind of different bunch of reasons. Some of them were getting hassle because of their new way of living, and so they were being invited to go back to their old way of living and their old religion. Plus, the writer of this letter was also worried that even if they didn't pack their newfound faith in altogether, they would go into a process of spiritual drift. That if they weren't careful, they might lose their way, they might go with the flow, they might slowly but surely find themselves spiritually all at sea. And those are two very real present dangers. That if we're not careful, and, and let's be honest, we all know lots of people who have been here, who have gone there. But if we are not careful, if we are not intentional, we can drift as Christians. And therefore, for example, you can come to the end of another year and discover that you're in a very different place than you were at the beginning of the year. And so the writer urges his readers, his first readers and all subsequent readers, including us, to hold tightly to hold on swervingly to the hope that you have. Well, what is that hope? Well, ultimately, that hope is Jesus. Jesus is the hope of the world. Jesus is our hope and all we have in him and because of him. And so endurance in the Christian life is essential. And time and time again in the New Testament, the writers go to great lengths to urge followers of Jesus to keep going, to keep running the race, to keep standing firm, to stay fixed on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. And he encourages, and, and we need to be intentional about doing that. Otherwise, if we are not intentional about doing it, if we do not hold tightly to the hope that we have, then there's every chance we'll drift. We'll lose our way. And sadly, there are those who, during 2019, have lost their way. But there's a second dimension to this. It's not just about persevering. It's not just about enduring. It's not just about holding on swervingly. And, and maybe this is the main point of this sentence. Or maybe this is how you ensure that you protect against drift. You profess to others about the hope that is yours. Hold on swervingly to the hope we profess. In other words, we communicate Jesus to others 
and with others. We communicate that Jesus is Lord to those that do not accept that, that do not recognize that, that do not believe that. And if we go back to Christmas, you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. That is what Jesus has done for us. That is what Jesus came to do for us. And therefore, as Jesus himself then said, you go and be my witnesses in Jerusalem today and to the ends of the earth. Be my witnesses. Profess that Jesus is Lord communicate the good news with others. Communicate that you've been forgiven. That what I came to do, I have done in your life. Communicate the fact that you have, because you've believed in me, that great sentence, you have eternal life. You will live forever in the presence of Almighty God. Communicate that. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. One of the reasons that we drift, one of the reasons that we lose our way and we lack perseverance is because we have stopped communicating our faith to others. Stop witnessing. We've stopped professing. And so in 2020, let's gravitate towards God. Let's communicate Jesus to those around us. So question for you. How can I hold tighter to Jesus this year? How can I increasingly share my faith in word and deed this year? And then the final let us. Although there are a number of parts to this last one. Let us, says the writer. Consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. And, and again, this all relates to the in dimension of our triangle, spurring one another on, not giving up meeting together, encouraging one another. In other words, or in a word, motivate. John Wesley once said, the Bible knows nothing of a solitary religion. The Bible knows nothing of a solitary religion. You cannot be a Christian on your own. You will not endure as a Christian in isolation. I mean, there are some people, and maybe this is an increasing trend in certain quarters of people who opt for the unchurched Christian stream of the family of God. You cannot, the Bible knows nothing of an unchurched Christian. That somehow you can be a Christian and not do church or not attend church or not meaningfully engage with other Christians in a church on a regular basis. There's no biblical warrant for that or basis for that. In fact, it contradicts so much of the New Testament teaching and emphasis on Christian fellowship and community and growth. How are you going to love one another? How are you going to be patient with one another? How are you going to encourage one another? How are you going to comfort one another? All those things. You've got to be in community. You've got to be meeting together. It's up, but it's in as well as out. And so the writer of, of Hebrews shares three aspects of this. Let us spur one another on. Let us keep meeting. So he says, first of all, spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Two comments about that. It is by our love for one another that a world knows we belong to Jesus. That is how Jesus said it. It is only by our love for one another that a watching world knows that we are Christ's disciples. 
And secondly, it is by the fruit of our lives. It is by the good deeds we do, the good works we perform, the tangible output of our daily lives that proves our faith is alive and not dead. If there is no good works, if there is no good deeds, there is no true Christian faith. And so the writer here says, spur one another on, encourage one another on, provoke one another on, stir one another up towards loving each other and towards good deeds. And then secondly, he says, don't don't give up meeting together as clearly some were and are in the habit of doing. Don't skip church. Don't allow the habit, the holy habit, the really, really good biblical habit of gathering with others to worship, to learn, to pray, to eat, to drink, to serve. Don't allow that habit to get broken. Don't allow church attendance and connection to become erratic and reduced and deprioritized or only possible if there's nothing else to do or we feel like it. Neglecting to meet together, says the writer here, it will impact your endurance. You'll drift. And it happens. It happens all, I see it happening time and time again. If you feed into this mindset of a lone ranger Christianity, it'll take you off course. And finally, he says, although it flows, he says, then be an encourager. Stir one another up towards love and good deeds. Don't neglect meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. And be an encourager. Encourage one another and all the more as you see that day approaching. Stand alongside each other. Offer appropriate counsel and help. Be a Barnabas, so to speak. A son or a daughter of encouragement. We're all in this together. We need each other despite what we sometimes think. I need you to encourage me. And at times, a word of encouragement to keep going, to think about this, to consider that, to not give up, it can mean the world. Because I'll be really honest. There's times I feel like just packing it in. There really are. For all kinds of reasons. And sometimes it is just that word of encouragement. Or someone just stands alongside you in a moment and says something that changes everything. And so in 2020, as you think about the in dimension, motivate each other. Motivate each other. Make meeting a priority and be an encourager. How can I do that better in 2020? I don't know. I don't know. That's, that's part of... The journey we're on. So, need to finish. Well done, kids. Been in this morning. You've been brilliant again. But as we anticipate the day, capital D, how should we be living this year? In fact, how should we be living every year? Let us draw near to God. Let's gravitate closer in 2020. Let us spur one another on. Let's motivate one another. Let us hold tight to the Jesus we profess. Let's communicate him to those around us. Three New Year's resolutions. Gravitate, motivate, communicate, up, in, out.